So I just got back from vacation, and uh, it's wonderful. I mean, I guess I didn't just get back from vacation. It's been almost a week now, but uh, still. Uh, it was great. It was awesome. Where'd you go? Uh, oh, yeah, just, you said Virginia. Yeah, I went to Richmond. And a uh, uh, couple couple fun things I did. Uh, you went to a, a couple game stores. Um one of which was this wasn't even planning to go there uh we were walking to someone told us that there was this good food place so we were walking there and saw just like an old nes in a window i was like well i like that that's cool (laughs) yeah and i looked again and there was like a a sega master system next to it and i was like all right cool we're going in this place and it was all old consoles. And I mean, like, all the consoles. Did you buy an old yellowed <laughs> like, SNES? No, I did not. And and oh. also, like, these were pristine. Oh. Like, like... Not yellowed. Th- no, no, this, this, like, 80-year-old dude is the guy who runs the shop. And he loves all of these things. Um... I mean, it's worth pointing out that video games have been around for 50 years now, so... Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Uh, He's he's got, like, a beautiful blue Sega Game Gear, and he was trying to talk me into buying it, and I wanted it, but uh, also, no. What are you going to do with a Game Gear? Like, come on. Yeah. (laughs) I'd at least buy the, the Sega Genesis so I could play all the same games, but with another person. Um, right. But I have for a while now owned an Atari 2600 and I bought an awesome looking Atari game a while back, but I didn't realize that the game I bought was for the Atari 5200, which I do not have. So I've had an Atari 2600 for a while, but no games. Finally picked up some games. Did you get ET the extraterrestrial? We'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> I got Missile Command, just good classic game. Uh huh. I got Adventure, which is uh, genuinely fun. That sure is a name. Very though. small. Yeah. <laughs> and I got ET the Extraterrestrial. <laughs> what are you playing? Adventure. Yeah. Uh, okay, yeah. but like, w- what are you playing? Adventure. Adventure. <laughs> And, uh, similarly, I have had a, uh, NES for a number of years now. Still don't have an NES game. They had a nice selection there, though. You want to know what I picked up? Mega Man 2. Nope. Okay. California games. Oh, yeah! <laughs> now you're one the of the cool kids. game. <laughs> Uh, I saw it there, and I was like, I have to buy this. Like, it's, it's, I have to. You can't not buy that with my history now with it. Uh, I almost picked up the, um, the Sega Genesis version of it as well, because they had both. That <laughs> would be I don't too have much. a Sega Genesis, and yeah. And it's a different game anyways. It's not by Rare. Oh, lame. Yeah. 
And then I also went to an arcade. Uh, it was it was an arcade and otaku shop, and I have not been in many otaku shops. Uh, I have also never been in one that had um, the little characters, the models, the whatever figures. Figures, thank you. There's a place in right Austin word. called Anime Pop that I go to uh, occasionally. It's just, it's just yeah. anime figures. It's amazing. Yeah, this was like two small display cases. And there was not a whole lot of things in them. But one of the first things I noticed was uh, at the very bottom, one, of, one of the two display cases, was the etchy section. Oh, no. And there wasn't anything particularly over the top but there was an etchy asana but there was an etchy asana (laughs) (laughs) how did you know i i just knew i just knew i knew it was was gonna be an asana figure and then you said etchy and i'm like it's etchy asana he bought a panty asana (laughs) i did not i did try and convince my wife to uh, because she also likes asana and uh just figured this was my one chance (laughs) i'm going to point out that when the when the series sword art online starts asana is 14 oh yeah absolutely like it's (laughs) all the loot art is creepy ugh but still by the time Ironhead really gets going it's uh she's 16 maybe yeah yes (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah no I know Uh, I know you know. I'm just pointing it out for our listeners. All seven of them. On a good day. (laughs) On a good day. (laughs) So yeah, but uh, the other half of the place was um, arcades, arcade machines, and pinball machines. Did you buy a Galaga machine? No. No, they were selling a Simpsons machine, Eh. but I didn't really want that. Um... (laughs) My wife was confused by the Street Fighter pinball machine that had Chun-Li on the front and a whole lot of thigh and most of her left ass cheek. <laughs> I mean, that's that's old Chun-Li for you. Yep. <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? That's just her leg. That's that's just Chun-Li. Don't worry about it. Don't yeah, worry about it. That's, uh, that's Street Fighter 2 right there. Uh-huh. <laughs> See, Street Fighter See, 4 yeah. and 5, the, these newer ones, they uh, they were like, maybe less thigh. Maybe maybe yeah. less thigh. <laughs> Alright. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Glowing Weak Point, the show where we talk to you about games. Oh, are you officially With starting me, it now? As always, is Wombat, my co-host, and I, as always, your host, am John. Hey, Wombat, what's your glowing weak point? Um, I have two. Uh, one, okay. one is the actual glowing weak point, and then I'm going to do my own, uh, you know, did, did I listen to anything new this week? I'm going to do that. Oh, cool. Yeah. Sounds good. All right. So my, my glowing weak point is I quit my job. I don't yeah. have a job. I don't have to go to a cold warehouse anymore. 
It's great. I'm I'm yeah. never going to work in a warehouse again. Uh, it's the fucking worst thing you can ever do to yourself. And <laughs> the moment I walked out on on it was last Wednesday was my last day. Mm-hmm. I was instantly so relieved. Just oh yeah, just a burden off of my shoulders. And I didn't even have to talk to one of the the uh, the managers that I really hated in order to quit. Like the one I talked to was one of the uh, ones I didn't have much interaction with. Pretty pretty chill dude. And okay. he was just like, "Thank you for telling me." Uh, bye. <laughs> I mean, he did ask like, "Is there anything we can do to get you to stay?" And I'm like, "No, I'm really just looking forward yeah. to being at home." Yep. Yeah. So now I'm at home, and I'm a ch- I'm a chore person. I do chores, and Ooh. and I take care of the dogs, yeah. and it's good. Shit. All right. Um, I mean, mine's obviously gonna be that I was on vacation. That's it's it's pretty stellar being on vacation. Yeah. Um, I wish I had quit my job, uh, because when I worked on. Saturday, I was very close to quitting my job because my manager is a piece of garbage and doesn't do anything. Uh, so, yeah, was very frustrated with that. And uh, they left me a giant heap of shit to deal with. And it was shit. And I was so close to just, nope. <laughs> <laughs> you should have done this yourself so get your ass back in here and do it because right. i'm not <laughs> but yeah but yeah no definitely vacation would have to be mine uh had a nice restful time got to read some good books got to see some interesting things and and buy some video games from uh 40 years ago yeah did you uh did you drive there or did you fly I drove. Okay. Yeah. Yep. All right. All right. So, uh, what have you been listening to? Is that the one you said? All right. So, John, you're going to hate this, but I am. (laughs) I listen. If somebody had, if I had not listened to this music and somebody had told me like, oh yeah, they're, they're making good shit now. I'd have been like, you're a fucking liar. Get out of my face. So in 2020, I'm really late to this train, but in 2020, Machine Gun Kelly released a pop punk album called Tickets to My Downfall. (laughs) Yes. Really? Yes. He got together with former Aquabats drummer Baron Von Tito, and he recorded 30 minutes of just really good uh, pop punk. I mean, is that really, really good? It, it's it's good, you know? Huh. Okay. Uh, and, and I have the CD coming today in the mail, and I, I've been listening to it repeatedly. Even before then. And it's really good. Okay. Even though Machine Gun (laughs) Kelly normally is just fucking garbage. Unlistenable. Uh, But, but, you know, it's like Blink-182 and Green Day, 
those are the big pop punk bands of pop punk bands of my childhood, right? Yeah. And neither of them have put out anything good since like the early Bush era. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. So having anything like half listenable in the pop punk genre is like it, it's 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 lovely. And also, Megan Baron Fox von Tito is Travis Barker. Yeah. 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 Megan Fox is in track 14, Banyan Tree. Yeah, I mean, that's an interlude. Like, <laughs> I, I, I guess they had just started um, dating, like, a, a few months before then. Um, and, and she has, like, a speaking section on that. Okay. Yeah. What about you? Have you uh, listened or watched anything cool? Well, I have started reading something. Okay. Can you guess what it is? Because I am trash. I am a trash uh, human. Is it a light novel? <laughs> no. Is it a, it's a manga. It's a manga. <laughs> um... I'm not as up-to-date on trash manga as I would like to be. You can't guess I, what I am... What manga I am reading? I'm trying to think. <laughs> You're gonna hate yourself if you don't get it. <laughs> Can I have five questions? Sure. I'll give you five questions. <laughs> Is it an isekai? It's an isekai. Uh, are the characters teenagers? Yes. <laughs> Is it etchy? Not so far. Okay. I mean, it probably will be knowing the source material at a certain point, but not, oh. not, not one chapter in. Knowing the source material. Is it an anime? Like, has it, it been is, turned into well, an anime? Oh. Ooh. I don't know how to answer that one properly. Has it been turned into... It is into... not a TV anime. <laughs> is it a movie? It, it has been a movie. Uh... Okay, you've got one more. I think I think you've technically hit five, but I'll give you one more. Like I legit have no idea still what this could possibly How be. How the fuck? <laughs> How the fuck do you not have an idea? It's been turned into a movie. Come on. Last question. Um, what's the name? <laughs> All right, you lose. <laughs> Dude, I'm reading the Sword Art Online progressive manga. Oh. I didn't think it would just be the thing we're reading the light novel of the manga form. Technically, it's different. <laughs> I've read the first chapter, which is long as hell, surprisingly. Um, it's... Longer than some of the other manga I've seen. I guess shorter than others. But, um, yeah, it's it's already starting with Asuna's perspective, not Kirito's. And it's changing multiple things. And uh, it's 
all all Sword Art Online is different from the rest of Sword Art Online. Like I would guess, there, there are, <laughs> the manga would be not better. A single version. The manga has to be better than the books, just because you're not constantly reading about how beautiful Asuna is to Kirito whenever she's fucking miserable. Oh, you don't think that Kirito just says it out loud in his thoughts? Like, <laughs> does he? I haven't gotten there yet. It's still all Asuna all the time, but okay. I can't imagine it doesn't because uh, this author's kind of garbage. Right? Is it still Reki Kawahara writing the manga? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He just. I think I've said it before, like, he's gotten technically better as a writer. Like, he knows how to plot things out better. He knows how to use words correctly more. It's just, he yep. he writes bad stories. <laughs> yep. <laughs> They're just right. not good. <laughs> Let's move on. We're talking about the games we played this week. We got light lists. <laughs> we got very light lists. Uh, but it's how okay. About you tell me about Back for Blood. Okay, Back for Blood. Which is the Left for Dead basically remake. Yeah, it's basically that. Uh, I played Back for Blood with a, a friend last night for a couple hours. Uh, it's okay. Um,. I don't like the special zombies. Or mm. they're, I mean, they're the same thing you see all the time. There's like a spitter who s- spits at you and he sticks you to There's a an exploder. Spot. There's an exploder. There's a, 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 a thing called a tall boy, which has like a big club arm. Uh, they're just not interesting. And they take so much to kill. Like, like... <laughs> And, and they just spawn in where the fuck ever. <laughs> the, like, you will be shooting a bunch of zombies in front of you, and then you will get thrown across the fucking room from behind you. And you're like, what is happening? And you turn around and there's a tall boy just fucking wailing on you. Ah. Like, the zombies just kind of come from wherever. And, and I feel like I've played a little bit of Left 4 Dead before, too. And it's kind of the same way there, but it, it, it feels less. Like, like it definitely feels like as you progress through a level in Left 4 Dead, the zombies aren't now, like, filing in behind you also. Yeah. Whereas in, in Back 4 Blood, they're just everywhere. They're all around you constantly. Um. Also, the game will will throw, like, challenges at you, and some of them just make the levels unfun. Just entirely unfun. One that I got a lot mm-hmm. last night was something where, like, like, it puts more birds around the map, and if you spook the birds, then it brings a horde down on you. And so you have to be super careful about spooking the birds... Which are already normally there, but now this thing makes it where there's more of them there. And so that's just, it's just unfun. Yeah. And it'll be yeah, like you're that's... turning a corner and there'll be birds. And it's like, well, how could I have, how could I have known? <laughs> yeah. So, 
I don't have much to say about it. It's it's passable as a game. I'm pretty sure I'll only play it with this friend. Gotcha. Yeah. It's not one you're going to like play by yourself and No. Absolutely just, not. Yeah. Okay. So what'd you do in um, Destiny? Well, I so I cheated a little. Oh, you cheated. Don't tell Bungie that. Little. No, I won't, because I uh, had to sign a thing that I wouldn't do this thing. But uh, um, So, there is one of the titles was Deadshot. And to get the Deadshot title, you have to be really good at all the weapons. And there's like 20 triumphs to get Deadshot. And when they came out with this title... Uh, I had, like, 15 of them done already. <laughs> okay. And so, of the, the five remaining ones, uh, I did four of them in, like, a weekend. Because it was just a matter of me, like, just sitting down and putting my mind to it and getting it done. And then I got to the last one. And the last one was, like, get 20 sniper rifle kills in pvp and also get this medal so i had about half the kills because i don't like sniper rifles i'd love to be good at sniper rifles but i'm not so uh i ground through those kills and then looked at the medal and the medal says to, to get this medal you have to in pvp get two headshot kills with this uh from a long distance without reloading um okay and uh you can't switch your weapon in between all right <laughs> and i tried for months <laughs> <laughs> it's that hard and i could not fucking do it at all <laughs> And, uh, the other thing that I cheated on a little bit was, um, there, we're, we're working through the last master Vault of Glass raid triumphs so that we can get the title, and these, this last two weekends were the last two, um, triumphs I needed, and they're not gonna show up again until the new expansion comes out and everything gets harder. So, I needed to do it, but I was going to be on vacation in another state without my computer. <laughs> oh, no. So, another member of the clan offered, and I accepted, to... I, I gave him my login. And he logged in on my account, and he got the kills with the sniper rifle and he did the uh the raid completion for me so all of the blessings upon him <laughs> do i need to edit this then, out of the episode i feel like you just admitted to a, a felony I, I it's not a felony but um <laughs> bungie i can't play with snipers don't don't be mad at me <laughs> <laughs> Uh, 
but this this dude, I fucking hate him now. Uh, I mean, I love him for doing this thing, but he, oh gosh. So he got a sniper rifle that I had masterworked. Actually, uh-huh. technically comes masterworked. And one of the benefits that comes with masterworking, or un- until the next expansion, is that it has a kill tracker on it. So it keeps track of how many kills that weapon has ever done. And it was zero, because I have never used this weapon in Crucible. All right. Do you want to know how many kills it took him to get this? Two. Three. (laughs) (laughs) You didn't get it on the first kill, but the next two were the ones that got it. I was like, fucking hell, what the heck? What? He just logged in. He got three kills in. He's like, got it. And logged out. (laughs) He's showing Uh, you up, John. Yeah. (laughs) And then, then uh, two nights ago, I uh, we all got together. We did the last raid thing. So now I have that title as well. So I never have to play that raid again. And I'm super excited and super happy with all the the stuff I've gotten. And great big thanks to. Uh, the man who shall remain unnamed because I don't want to dox him. Right. Okay. Tell me about Pokemon Legends Arceus. Uh, it's Arceus. It's not. It, it has to be because there's an item in the game called an Arc Phone. And uh, if you pron- it, it's named after Arceus. So if you pronounced Arceus as Arceus... Tell me what the phone would the be, pronu- John. The arse. It's the arse phone. It'd be the arse yes, phone. I understand. It's, it's... <laughs> yes, but that's just accurate. <laughs> it's um, not. The, the the official pronunciation is Arceus. Uh, so the official pronunciation Arceus. is wrong. You know, the official pronunciation of Titus's name is Titus. They can yeah. be wrong. <laughs> Do you know what sounds fucking awful? Arceus. It's not Arceus. It's Arceus. I don't care. <laughs> it's Arceus. Anyway, my, tell me about the shitty game. My 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 list is so light because I have forty five hours racked up in Pokemon Legends in the last week. <laughs> wow! I am actively avoiding wow. doing the uh, the last like main story fight thing in order be- mm-hmm. because um, I've been spoiled a little bit and I know that there's gonna. There's going to be a period of time where it's just story after I do that. And I'm like, yeah, mm, I just want to be running around catching Pokemon. So that's what I've been doing uh, for 45 hours. I've pretty much just been running around catching Pokemon. I try to battle as little as possible. I pretty much only battle um, if they they spot me and I don't and I still want to catch them or if uh I'm filling up a Pokédex entry, and it says, like, you have to defeat X number of Scorapy. Like, then I'll go and beat up a bunch of Scorapy. How close are you to finishing your Pokédex? (laughs) Very far. There are still some Pokémon that I know exist in the game, and I just have not seen. Um, Wow. and, And even the ones that I've caught... Like, the, they don't have the little Pokeball next to their name until you do, like, ten different research tasks on them. So, 
some of them I have in my thing, and it's just like, well, I haven't caught enough of these to rank the thing up, and I haven't used any of, I haven't used them, so they don't have any of the tasks for, like, use this move a number of times, or anything like that. Um, what I've been doing mostly is just being like, uh, you know what, I kind of feel like focusing on this Pokemon, and then, like, for Glameow. Uh, I, I, I was yeah. like, I want to 100% Glameow's Pokedex. And so I ran around, and I caught a whole bunch of them, and then I caught the number that I needed, and then the game was like, oh, but you also need to catch this this number of, like, light specimens, because they come in different weight classes. And, yeah. and so I had to catch a bunch more in order to reach the, the 10 light specimens I needed. And then I had to beat up a whole bunch of them, and then I had to evolve one. And there was a couple of other things. I had to u- see it use Nasty Plot 25 times. And then the, basically the dex was complete. And once that happens, so a Pokemon gets into your Pokedex and you know it exists. And then you do 10 research mm-hmm. tasks with it. And it gets a little Pokeball next to it. And what that Pokeball means is that now, like before, you had a 1 in like 4,000 chance, whatever, of running into a shiny, right? The Pokeball means that now you have a 2 in 4,000 chance. And once you 100% the the, the Pokedex entry for it, it gets little sparkles on it. And what that means is that now you have a 4... In 4,000 chance of finding a shiny of that Pokemon. And, wow. And I have actually run into shinies. I have, there are alpha Pokemon in the game, which are basically just big red eyed versions of the Pokemon that are always hostile, no matter the, the type of Pokemon it is. Um, and they come yeah. with like better stats, and they're always way higher leveled than the others. I found a shiny Pikachu alpha. And so now I have a shiny Raichu big boy. Big shiny Raichu. Wow. I love it. I named him Raiden. And I also awesome. ha- I also caught two shiny Krikatots. I I just happened to run into into a couple of shiny Krikatots while I was completing Geodude's Pokédex entry. I love how you're saying all these things. And it just sounds like gibberish to me. Okay. And uh, I really like that. A shiny Pokemon really is a Pokemon that that's, uh, it's very I, I rare. I understand what a shiny is. Okay. <laughs> but all the names of shit. Oh, okay. Krikatot's a little tiny bug. Pikachu is I, the, the I mouse everybody knows. I was happy not knowing. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was really happy not knowing. Yeah? Thank you. Uh, yeah. Geodude's a dumb looking rock. <laughs> okay so we're gonna move on now it's a great game everybody should play this this is what pokemon should be going forward except i, I would also still like the mainline games just with some of the stuff implemented into it and that's my piece on pokemon this week there will be more game facts do i have to read these yes damn I guess I did sign up to do it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Duck Hunt is a light gun shooter video game developed by Shigeru Miyamoto and Gunpei Yokoi for the NES. 
I feel like Gunpoi has come up before in our our yeah. He made the D pad. Oh, he created the D pad. Yes, he is the inventor of the D pad. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) In Duck Hunt, you play as a hunter using the NES Zapper to shoot ducks as they fly out of bushes and across the screen. Quiz time. Which of these characters is the oldest Nintendo character? Mario, Rob, the Duck Hunt Duck, or Mr. Game & Watch? Okay, so this has to be a trick question, because we're talking about Duck Hunt, and you have the Duck Hunt Duck in here. So you would think it's obviously the Duck Hunt Duck, but it it can't be. But maybe (laughs) you just want me to think it's not the Duck Hunt Duck, and it actually is the Duck Hunt Duck, And so my answer would have to be the duck hunt duck. However, maybe you you know watched the Princess Bride. (laughs) I haven't recently watched the Princess Bride, but it lives in my head constantly. (laughs) The book is better. I still love the movie. I don't care. Um, I'm actually going to say it's Rob. Okay, cool. We will find out the answer later. Okay. To get to the origins of Duck Hunt, we have to go back to 1936, when the Seaberg Jukebox Company decided to jump into the burgeoning arcade scene, technically having been started in the 1900s, but really only becoming arcades around the 1920s and 30s, with the Seaberg Rayolite. The very first light gun game, it was mostly mechanical, except for the light gun, and in it you used a light rifle to shoot ducks. It's totally the duck hunt duck. God damn it. It's, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so mad, John. Hey, but that's not Nintendo, so it's not the oldest Nintendo character yet. Okay. (laughs) But you did say yes. (laughs) Also, this isn't an arcade game. The Seaberg Rayolite. This is just a fucking... This is a, a... county fair game uh i don't know it's it's a it's a small machine that is coin operated in which you can play a game you might as well be shooting a court gun jump forward 37 years to 1973 a young gunpei yokoi suggests nintendo get into light guns after picking up skeet shooting himself not too long after, the company bought a few defunct bowling alleys. Americans brought the sport, and the Japanese loved it, for like a year, and converted them into the laser clay shooting system, a kind of indoor light gun skeet range where you shoot at ducks. Mr. Game & Watch, who Nintendo considers the oldest character, wasn't in t- seen until their 1980 debut, four years later. Yep. So that was a lot, but basically the Duck Hunt Duck is the oldest Nintendo yep. character. Back when yeah. Nintendo pretty much still just did toys. Yes, Yeah. correct. We'll get there as well. <laughs> uh, also, <laughs> I love that Americans brought bowling to Japan, and the Japanese went crazy for it for a year. Yeah, it was like, oh, this is great, and and they were super into it, and then they were super not into it. I want to point out that there is not a single anime that I know about about bowling. Oh, absolutely not. Whereas bowling is trash. You can find anime about fucking chess, 
uh, <laughs> tennis, <laughs> uh, fly fishing, fly fishing this year, <laughs> right now. Listen, the I I, I keep looking, I, I keep watching slowly, and the main character's fashion is just what I wish my fashion was as a <laughs> as a high schooler. <laughs> Okay. She wears the best clothes, and I wish I dressed like her. <laughs> All right. Yep. Huh. The the initial release of the laser clay shooting system was buggy to say the least since the programming had a glitch that caused player actions to not be registered at all. Unable to fix it while it was in use, a freshly hired Genyo Takeda, who we know later created Punch-Out!, stood literally behind the scenes, personally controlling the clay pigeons and scores. Damn. They had him doing grunt yeah. work. <laughs> yeah. This man creates punch-out. At the end of the night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, I like that the, the glitch just made the game unplayable. Correct, yeah. It was just completely useless at that point. <laughs> If it doesn't register Ugh. player actions, then nothing is happening. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Amazing. Three years later, and still before Game & Watch, and Nintendo's still making their weird non-video games, one of which being the Beam Gun Duck Hunt, a mini projector toy that loudly lit a darkened wall with duck-shaped lights that you shot with a rifle. So, I mean, there, there we go. That's just Duck Hunt. Yeah. Yep. It is. Also, the thing was hella loud. It was like, like, man, the motor that they put in that, the, the projector to, like, make the ducks fly around. Oh, boy. It Over was... here sounding like an old PS1. <laughs> like a, yeah. a Whoa, kicked around PS1. <laughs> yeah. Now we come to the present, uh, the past. 1983, the great video game crash. Thanks a lot, E.T. Hey, you have that. I do. Video game consoles are severely looked down on, and Nintendo was trying to release their own. So they pivoted away from being so much a game console as a toy. As such, the 1984 deluxe set NES came with the pack-in games Gyromite, with the toy Rob, as well as the NES Zapper and Duck Hunt. This trend of having the more toy-like pack-ins continued with the later action set that had Duck Hunt and Mario, or the even later Power Set that had Duck Hunt, Mario, and World Class Track Meet, with both the NES Zapper and the Power Pad accessories. No way, John! It had World Class Track Meet? How'd they get it that on there? Class track meet. <laughs> <laughs> Impressively, all three of those games are on one multi cart. <laughs> um, I didn't know that the power pad existed, though. Um, I mean, it, it's 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 it a floor mat controller. It helps to get those three games on a cart when all three of those games combined are like two kilobytes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe not even kilobytes. Right. Maybe millibytes. <laughs> Less than a byte. 
<laughs> Amazing. But where's the power glove, John? <laughs> That's not until much later. It's so bad. <laughs> oh, the wizard. Famous for being a prick and laughing at you when you miss, the duck hunt dog was just rude in the original release. But when it made its arcade debut as Versus Duck Hunt, the dog could get its comeuppance as you could now shoot it if you got to the right level. Aw, don't shoot the dog. No, the dog doesn't die. He just comes out in crutches. Aw, that's even sadder. <laughs> <laughs> It's sadder than a dead dog. <laughs> At least then he's out of his misery. <laughs> Just got a fucking devastated dog over here, sad and shit. <laughs> it makes me depressed. Speaking of the dog, it had the same character designer, Hiroji Kiyotake, as Samus Aran and Wario. At least they got their own names. Yep. Duck Hunt Dog and Duck are only called that. <laughs> I'm the same guy designed Samus Aaron and Wario? Yes. The what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Talk well, about a that's... versatile art style. <laughs> well, and Duck Hunt Dog. Interestingly, it's Duck Hunt Dog. I didn't say Duck Hunt Dog. And duck, just duck hunt dog. Well, as we've gone over, the the duck was designed in the 1930s. <laughs> <laughs> While most people can no longer play the original, a CRT is required, it's on the Wii U Virtual Console now and has crosshairs, making it so much easier. Or if you want to see it on the big, big screen, just pick up the hit movie Pixels. Don't. Don't. I mean, CRTs aren't that hard to get. If you really wanted to play Duck Hunt, no. you can get one. Yeah. Although, like, the, um, uh, thrift stores near me don't sell them anymore. Like, like they, they took they, them they off the shelves? Them. Yeah. Like, they had some and they just said, we're not selling these anymore? That's fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, flats, flat screens are so prevalent now that, like... But, I mean, you can go on... Just get one of those. You can go on Craigslist and find a dude selling a fucking CRT yeah. for 30 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, those of us... Those of us who, you know, still have a lot of those systems still have CRTs. Yeah. Like, I still have a CRT. I got a CRT in my closet. Yeah. Yep. It's pretty big. I like my big CRT. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at it. It's beautiful. <laughs> cool. Let's get back to the <laughs> Uh Archimedes couldn't figure out how to fit these in, so... Rapid Fire Final Facts! While the original game never got an official sequel, it was popular enough that most systems for most consoles since have a, had a ripoff, including the Sega Master System contemporary attempt Safari Hunt, which looks identical. You can play two-player. If you insert a regular controller into the second port, someone can control the ducks. The American NES Zapper looks like a gray and orange toy, but the Japanese one looks like a fucking Colt. No speck of orange on it. It's badass. And that was just the facts. Is that the tagline now? Is that is that the Game Facts tagline? <laughs> does, yes. Does Game Facts need a tagline? 
Well, it has one. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> How do you misspell the? <laughs> By not looking. <laughs> Anyways, moving on. Uh, hey, it's the topic of the week. This one's depressing. Yeah, but it's one of those things where it's like, it has to be constantly addressed because nobody ever does anything about it, and something should be done about it. Yeah, I, it's one of those things, though. It's like, it needs to be constantly addressed, but it's also just kind of an exercise in futility because as you said no one ever does anything about it yeah i mean the the problem is that all of the uh i mean i was looking at i've been thinking about this for a while now actually and it's that we've delegitimized all the things that historically work to change society yes i.e mass protests and violence yeah yeah but like I mean, hot take here. January 6th was only bad because the people who were doing it were wrong about why they should do it. <laughs> like, like yeah. that's, that's my hot take. If it had been leftists being like, hey, y'all don't do shit. We're just going to take the capital until you decide to, like, make, make voting rights happen. Uh, we wouldn't be so mad. <laughs> anyway. Uh, it's a, it's a hard line to put there, cause you, uh, we're not going to open that bag of worms. <laughs> um, <laughs> so this, this week we're talking about TT games. And how they've and been a uh, crunch studio since like 2007. Yeah. Oh, 2005. So, My bad. So, just a, just a quick statement about Crunch. It happens in just about every single game studio, and it's always bad. Yep. Every single time. They, it's just bad. I want to start by reading this, uh, uh, this statement from John Burton. Nope, not John Burton. A former employee who worked at the studio under John Burton. Hmm. A big problem was that Crunch was premeditated. It wasn't an emergency protocol for when things went wrong. Instead, it was a tool in the box for production. Projects were planned with Crunch periods in the schedule. Or even worse, Crunch was the schedule. It was a regular occurrence because of the type of games we made. Movie tie-ins and kids' stocking fillers. They all had deadlines dictated by a holiday event or the release of some film. Yeah. And 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 and, and this is true especially for studios that do these. Yes. Like that it, crunch crunch happens everywhere, but especially if it's a uh, you know, get it in time for for Christmas or a um, hey, we're making a game about the new Batman movie coming up. Well, crap. The game has to come out within a couple weeks of the movie. We're making Lego so, Marvel superheroes, and oh, look at that. Avengers Endgame comes out this the, this year. Let's time Marvel yeah. superheroes to Avengers Endgame release. Well, and it's not even that. It was three years before Endgame came out. They went, Endgame's coming out then, 
we are releasing this game at the same time. Right. And that's a that's a hard turnaround. Yeah. But there there are some major things that go like crunch I guess definitionally crunch is just uh when you don't have enough time and so everyone has to work overtime. And a lot of the time you don't have hourly people. You have salary <laughs> salary people. And when you have overtime with salary people, it's just called screwing them. Yeah. Well, which brings um, us to uh, the, this this other thing. So in 2000, like before 2010, they did just pay overtime. It, it was yeah. volu- it, it presented as voluntary and paid. Of course, it's not always voluntary. It's very much like a blackmail system where they say, like, hey, we can, we really need you to do this. And if you don't, maybe you lose your job. But yeah. in 2010, they split overtime into two different things. Like regular overtime and what they call flexitime. <laughs> overtime hours <clears throat> could be exchanged for extra pay or more days off. While flexitime could only be exchanged if you, like, started late to work or if you wanted, like, an extra holiday. It also had a 40-hour cap, which meant that if you hit that 40-hour flexitime cap and then, you you know, you just kept working because they were threatening your job, um, then you just didn't get any benefit at all for that that time. And it was entirely up to the employer's discretion which which hours counted as overtime and which hours counted as flexitime? Mm-hmm. Which is just fucked yeah. up. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't know what else to say about that one. It's uh and and yeah, there there was specifically like blackmail. Like one quote was, "If people don't start doing overtime, there's going to be problems." Yeah, that's just um, a threat. <laughs> and also, like, if you tried to leave your desk to you know leave work on time, uh, the creative director would yell at you, or the um the if you left the studio uh a department lead would follow you out and question you for leaving and your loyalty to the job like <laughs> yeah those are just threats <laughs> and and for an example of the things they they will do to avoid doing anything actually useful in 2008 <clears throat> Warner Brothers held a company-wide satisfaction survey to see what people thought about the conditions at TT Games, which they had just bought. <clears throat> and the results were bad. They, they, they were the lowest <laughs> Warner Brothers had apparently ever gotten from a studio. Yeah. And John Burton, who was at the time the head of TT Games, said he was <clears throat> going to hit the reset button in response to the survey results and try to start fresh. He started by dropping some of the odd rules we had at the studio, disabling the internet firewall and allowing people to answer phones at their desks. But nothing meaningful. <laughs> which <laughs> also like yeah, yes, which, do which that. Which just makes you think, <laughs> yeah, makes you think like what sort of draconic fucking rules were there at this place <laughs> at the Lego studio. 
<laughs> allowing people to answer phones at their desks. But nothing meaningful <laughs> that addressed project timelines, low salaries, or the crunch culture. It was back to business as usual the following Monday. Yeah. And so nothing changed. Um, then there was another... Um, when when was it where they, they were, like, a bunch of people were said that they were leaving and they were... Like, basically, they they reworked all their contracts to give, like, more time and stuff. And then still nothing changed. <laughs> oh, this is such a big article. It's hard to find. Yeah. Um, here, let me... I can find it. Um, while you're searching for that... Um, oh, you found it. Got it. Oh, oh, no, wait. Wrong one. All right, so uh, at the towards the end of 2017 slash the beginning of 2018, um, uh, the the new leader Tom Stone, uh, who had been informed about the low morale, uh, started doing um, meetings where he got like half the studio in one meeting and the other half in the other one, just to you know hear what they have to say. Oh, and it this. was all bad. <laughs> and then he split the people off into groups so you could like more personally get with them and be like hey you know uh, tell me more about you know why you come to work or how do you feel about making lego games and stuff not just like what's wrong and wrong wrong and it was still just all bad um yeah <laughs> and so after these meetings uh tt games offered new contracts to the staff which gave them more holidays and a higher percentage of a bonus at the end of the year but then more than 10 current and former employees say nothing else changed yep that it, that there were still all the problems and that this is just in general the crunch being bad this is not just the specific things that they did to exacerbate the crunch because like i said before crunch is a part of nearly all studios and it's always bad but at least most studios this isn't like hey we're gonna have crunch time now it's like oh shit shit came up now we have to do crunch <laughs> Which is still just this poor like, management and uh, and and fucking things yeah, up. Yeah, but it's yeah, it's a it's a function of of, of failing at something. Whereas yeah. the, in this studio, like in the quote I read earlier, crunch was sometimes just planned. Sometimes the entire schedule was crunch. Like we're just going to be yeah. crunching from day one. This is all we do. Yeah. Uh, and, oh. and it would be remiss of me to uh, not mention the QA testers and all of this, because a as we know, mm -hmm. QA testers are always the worst treated in every single game studio. Yes. So I'm just going to read the a portion of this paragraph here. Multiple former QA testers for TT Fusion, who worked at the company over the last decade, say that working conditions at that studio were among the worst they had ever experienced in the games industry, with crunch and bullying between staff being commonplace. They say QA was treated as less than the development team and kept separate from other departments. 
QA staffers weren't allowed to access other floors without supervision, which was a policy the company had implemented to control leaks after a QA tester had tweeted an image of a redesigned Wii U gamepad ahead of the, uh, the release. This also had the consequence of preventing QA from visiting HR discreetly. Yeah. And since I just read a, yeah. the entire paragraph, essentially, this is the, we're using the Polygon. Yeah. Thank, thanks, Polygon. Yeah, we're using the Polygon yeah. article on this. <laughs> Thank you, Polygon. Uh, yeah, which is ridiculous. Um, but then, like, like I said, like this, these, like this is just basic crunch. That this isn't the shit that they did to make it worse. So I've mentioned before, and I will mention again. You never change what engine you are using in the middle of. Oh yeah. <laughs> while they didn't, while they didn't change the engine in the middle, they did start this with a brand new engine, and it's important to use a new engine sometimes, uh, especially like if you're you're working with some old tech. Engines get old, and new stuff needs to be made so that you can start taking advantage of better um, tools and better uh, equipment and and. Like, it, just some old engines you just don't take advantage of hardware. Uh, so you really need to, to keep updating whatever engine you're working with. And they came up with the NTT engine. And it is an internally developed engine. That should be one of your first red flags. <laughs> because most companies can't handle that. No. <laughs> Um, I mean, look at Bethesda. They made the Obsidian engine, and they've only used the Obsidian engine ever since. Because it's like, we got this one engine, we can't make another one. (laughs) And (laughs) and one thing you could do is, like, you you could make an engine, and then you have a team constantly working on it and updating it and fixing things. Because, like, an engine is like a video game it is like any other software thing it has bugs it it messes up it needs updating uh so think about how many updates that uh fucking um pokemon's had or that you know like there's there's constant little updates behind the scenes that that fix bugs that are found now imagine that you're trying to work with that to make some other software. <laughs> yeah. So that's why uh, a lot of the people there uh, at the studio said, just let us switch to... Um, Unreal. Just let us use Unreal. Unreal. Because Unreal is an industry standard engine. It is made by the company that manages Unreal. And they deal with all the bugs on it. That's the only thing they do is they work on Unreal and they make it the best possible thing they can so that you don't have to do that at the engine. And also... And if something's wrong with the engine, it's not your fault. And like Unreal sometimes pays bigger companies because they have caused problems inside the company. So like it's really to your benefit to use the Unreal engine. Um, also, everybody knows how to use Unreal. Like, if you're develop, yeah. if you're a game developer right now, you know how to use Unreal because everything's done in yeah. fucking Unreal. 
Yeah, every <laughs> every game developer has used Unreal, especially since Unreal makes it really easy for students to get access to it. So you 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 get the access to that, and you are like everyone learns on it. So so they they wanted to do it. Uh, they wanted to switch to Unreal instead because they have new programmers. Uh, Unreal is cheaper than ever before. Uh, it's really good technology that people know how to use. Why do that instead of use something unfinished that's being forced and... Ugh. Blech. Yeah. Um, and then when they, you know, they, they didn't... They didn't switch. I mean, they have switched now, I think, which, of course, it's way late in production, so now they have to redo all of their work. Um, but, like, when they finally got their hands on NTT, it was unstable and missing things, and uh, it was worse than the old one because, like, you would add an animation in, and that would probably take zero seconds with Unreal. Uh, but it took two minutes in the old engine, and it could take ten minutes or longer in the new one, depending on how many times it crashes. Uh, and then also you just have the tons of work vanishing because the engine fails to save or it crashes in the middle of it. Yeah, and and like all new engines have problems off the bat, but that's why it's really nice to have an established one. <laughs> Right. And then and then it, it doesn't make sense for like this is the the game we're talking about is the Skywalker saga. Lego Star Wars the Skywalker saga, which is probably the highest profile game that the Lego student that the TT Games has made in a while. I mean, cause if you think about it, what what is um TT Games best known game? It's uh Lego Star Wars the original series. Followed by Lego Star Wars the prequel series. And this is going to be Lego Star Wars, all of Star Wars. So, like, this is going to be the biggest game that they've made. And they're doing stupid shit. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, then another thing. They're like, just, this is, this is just bad management. Because uh, when you make a game... The, the very first thing, this is a peek behind the scene, the very first thing you do is you make a game design document. And the game design document is an exhaustive document that includes everything that the game is. It is the game in written form. It has the story, it has the mechanics, it has everything in there. Uh, then, after that, you make the technical document. Um the technical design document. So it's the GDD followed by the TDD. And the technical design document says specifically, here's how you will do these things. These are the the steps we'll take. These are the um, tools we'll use. These are the ways that things will be formatted behind the scenes. Has everything in it. And then it's just a matter of doing it. Once that's done, you just you just should do it. You should follow the design document. Occasionally, things change. Occasionally, you know, the QAs will say, hey, this feels like shit. So you make a revision. It's not uncommon for there to be revisions to the design. But you don't just do it because I got a hard-on one night thinking about this one thing. So let's do it. Right. So 
apparently there was a a new 27 hit combat tree. <laughs> Uh, Could you imagine? Like, oh, yeah. Could you imagine in yeah. a Lego game a combat yeah, tree? First of all, yeah. First of all, like a twenty-seven hit combat tree sounds great in like a fighter game or like a Dark Souls game. But we're talking about like in, in any other game. No, that's that's way too much. That's that's crazy. Second of all, it's a Lego game. They they removed the combat tree because focus test said that. Players use one button to fight. Because that's how you they play Lego the games. Buttons. That's how you play Lego games. They're designed to be for kids to play. So you just mash single buttons and it works. Um, and then, like, the, the director would request new co- mechanics just on a whim. And uh, one former player says, read every review of a Lego game. They always say the same things. Platforming is pants. The camera is terrible. No online co-op. So what did the director say? Let's add a God of War style combat tree. Five year olds will love it. <laughs> so there's there's things that need to be worked on, but instead of changing the things, they're going back and adding in awful shit that nobody is asking for. And, like, there's just feature creep after feature creep, and... Just becoming a bloated mess of a game. And I love games that are big and have depth of of mechanics and features and stuff. But, one, I'm not looking for that... In a Lego game. In a Lego game. (laughs) (laughs) And, two, fix the shit you have first. And then, on top of... All of this stuff, in early 2020, they took half the staff off the game. <laughs> off the Lego big- Star Wars was taken down to, to six artists to see it to the end. This is their big title six. coming out. <laughs> this, this, is, this is like Bethesda releasing Elder Scrolls 6. And being like, yep, alright, so we've got three more years left to work on it, so how about we have two programmers? I was about to say two dudes. Let's let's have two programmers. (laughs) Two dudes in a corner of the office working on, like, the stealth tree. (laughs) Yeah. You know what? You know what? Combat's not a big deal in Bethesda. So let's just have one dude take care of combat. Like, the entire tree of combat. By the way, we'd like to have you add in a 48-hit combo streak that you can do. So, go get right on it. You, Fred. Fred. Come on, Fred, you can do it. I, just, I want it to be and, Fred and Durst. This... I want it to be Fred Durst in a smelly <laughs> corner of the office. <laughs> but like the there's there's always always crunch problems in almost every studio. But most studios don't plan to have the crunch. And then on top of planning to have the crunch, most of them have the good sense to not add too much feature creep. It always happens. Some dipshit has an idea that sounds really cool and everyone tries to make it happen because at our core, game developers are gamers and we love the games and we love having the cool things. 
and as well we're programmers and we hear something we're like oh cool that's a problem i'd love to be able to solve like we have a great love for what we are doing but that's why you have to hold us back <laughs> like that's the point of of having a a director is is one to know which ideas to pick and two to push back on any of them because there are some really cool ideas that come out of devs and there are really cool ideas that come out from like the the story people like the the idiots who write the the clever story for the game and then they're like oh man in my mind uh this dude does this thing and you're like i mean that's pretty awesome but you have no idea how much time that will take in dev yeah <laughs> there's so many i mean it's game design is such a creative thing that it's it's surrounded and filled with people who have ideas that are awesome but if you let all those ideas come through a game will never be released <laughs> ever or or it'll end up looking like a fucking kingdom hearts game where there's just like a billion different side shit you can do in addition to the fucking actual game yeah, and nobody ever cares about that stuff. Yeah, and that's the one well, part everybody complains about. <laughs> a lot of a lot of games will plan for stuff like that, where they'll be like, "Here's the main story, and here's these two or three side quests that are important." But we need to have fourteen others, and as they make the game and they're doing stuff, people will spitball ideas. To fill up the rest of it and it's cool to get your ideas in there but also then it does stuff like that yeah and it especially happens um, with in game studios with the the auteur directors which i i think tetsuya yeah. nomura can be called one of like yeah <laughs> uh so yeah it it's it's just it's hard because like as a developer, you want to do stuff, and and really, that that is the 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 problem with crunch is that on a level, a lot of these devs want to be there. Some crunch is actually like personally inflicted crunch because while the industry might not require it, or the the your manager might not require it, maybe you just really want to put in the extra hour of stuff. And managers simultaneously love and hate that um, <laughs> because they love it because, you know, they're getting more work out of you. But it's bad for developers. It, it leads to burnout. It leads to uh, feature bloat. It leads like there's there are problems that are caused by that. But like some devs do that to themselves because they really want this game to be the best game that's ever was and and that's true of every dev is they they want every game to be the best this they, when they make the next lego game they want this lego game to be the best game but you can do that without killing your people yes <laughs> work-life balance is a thing and and study after study has shown that the more crunch you do, the less actual work you get out of them, like per hour. Yeah. Like a, a lot of this crunch uh -huh. is just them being forced to sit at a desk 
waiting on the artist to send them over the model, right? And then once the artist finally yeah. sends them over the model, now they can start working on animating the thing. Like, that's a lot of it. It's yeah. just sitting at a desk waiting for someone else to finish their job. But the the yeah. company is forcing you to sit there and, and wait. That's so much uh-huh. of crunch. So, it, yep. it, it's just a lot of pointless wasted time that they're not even getting paid for. Mm-hmm. And, and sure, yeah. like, some Basically. of them... Hold on. Some of them do like like get into a flow and then they'll work like a 10 or 12 hour day and they'll have accomplished a lot. And you know what? Good for them. I'm glad that they're doing something that they enjoy. But then those same people will turn around and be like, oh, crunch isn't so bad. And it's maybe not for you, but have empathy for other people. You know? Yeah. Yep. So that was Crunch. Then on top of that, uh, TT Games is a shitty company and also very unfortunately similar to most other uh, computer engineering and the rest of the companies that exist. Um, when comparing mean average hourly pay, women's mean hourly pay is 23.8% lower than men's. Yep. <laughs> At TT Games, 2.4% of the highest paid jobs are occupied by women. Also, this is just a very male-heavy fucking company in general. The highest is the lower middle uh, section of the company, which is 18.1% women. Yeah. That's abysmal. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And, and I found it really yeah, interesting. Women account for like fourteen percent of the company, period. Yeah, like at all. Like, <laughs> yeah. And, and, and like John said, two percent, two point four percent of the the upper management is women. And yeah. I found it really interesting because we're using the uh, gender pay gap service that's run by the. Uh, the UK government. Like, Warner Media reports this to the UK government. I, I don't know why, but they do. <laughs> <laughs> and I click through where it says what this employer says about their gender pay gap. And it brings up a document that shows not just uh, TT Games, but a whole bunch of different studios under Warner Media that self-reports their, their pay gaps. And TT okay. Games is by far the worst of the the companies. Like if you yeah. if you just look through scroll through them, they they use red red for women and blue for men on these bars. And even just as far as high uh, the the percentage of women in companies, TT Games is like 30% behind in every single other place <laughs> all of the yeah. other companies that Warner Media runs. Yeah. <laughs> I uh I did the math. It is just barely over 11% of the company's women. That's it's embarrassing. It <laughs> even even in this uh, 
even as a subsidiary of a greater company, the other subsidiaries are doing better than TT Games in this respect. It's just such yeah. a dude place. Yeah. So, yeah. Get your shit together, TT Games. Yeah. Or go under. Or go under. I mean, really, like, the, those are the options. Yeah. Which they might. Be, the, the last thing I wanted to mention here is that um, the studio this is mainly talking about, which I think is a TT Fusion, um, this is supposed to be a future-proofed studio, you know, in case the uh, in case TT Games ever loses the Lego license, which Lego is l- working yeah. with a whole bunch of studios that aren't TT Games right now, so yep. it might happen. But in- instead and, of being uh, the future-proofed studio it's meant to be, working on other shit, they exclusively work on Lego games. Yeah, and. Uh, Lego is keeping an eye on shit that's happening in video games. For example, uh, Lego's no longer having Overwatch Legos right now because of the shit that's happening. Activision Blizzard. Activision Blizzard. So that is a direct, like, Lego saw the shit going down at, at Activision Blizzard and went, cool, you're not getting more Legos. And there were supposed to be Overwatch 2 Legos, there will not be. So, it's... So so it is one of those things where having this light shown on you and then you don't do anything could result in the loss of your Lego license. Yeah. Now, I, I'm not saying that Lego is doing it out of, um, like, altruism or anything. It's it's pretty clearly oh, no. just marketing. everything else. <laughs> yeah. But... Yeah. But it could still uh, turn out bad for you. So maybe treat your women better, treat your QA testers better, treat your game developers better, uh, pay people correctly, don't crunch. Yeah, just don't crunch. Just don't crunch. You could just not. Yeah. (laughs) Especially... Listen, this is the Skywalker Saga. That's the game they're making right now. and It's not releasing in time with a movie or anything. It can come out later. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I, like, I, I understand. If you have a deadline that's set in stone, like, you know, let's say there is a Star Wars movie coming out and they need to get it out in time, there's a solution hire more people yeah bring bring in devs from another project if this is that important to get out on time add more help just double your your people yeah it sure it'll cost but it'll cost you much less than losing your license and it'll cost you much less than having to train a new group of people because you have lost your old ones Having a backing of veteran developers working on your project is vital to a studio. So if you fuck around, you'll find out you don't have them. So, 
Get your shit together. Yep. Wombat, what are you looking forward to for next week? Ooh, man. Um... God, I just don't know, John. <laughs> could it be? Man, could it you be just this email at home all day? Could it be this email that I just got from Barnes and Noble telling me that my Machine Gun Kelly CD was at my door? Oh, gross! <laughs> no, I don't know. Uh, I don't. I really don't know what I'm looking forward to. Uh, you know, I was actually thinking of busting out a PS2 Lego. Star Wars. Oh. Yeah. So maybe I'll do that. Okay. Maybe I won't. We'll find out in like two weeks if I did. Yeah. We could we could uh, pull it up on Steam and have online co-op. Oh, no, That's you can't do thing. that. Yeah. Yeah, I'll just be playing it on PS2 by myself. Yeah. Like everyone else, have to play uh, Star Wars by themselves because someone can't add two-player. I mean, I think it has two-player, but... It, yeah, but not online. But my, my girlfriend won't play a PS2 game with me. No, I wouldn't either. I mean, she just doesn't <laughs> play or watch old shit. Yeah. That's fair. Eh. Um, I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to watching a crap ton of anime, because... I have not been keeping up with uh, three of the shows that I'm watching. The uh, Miss Kuroitsu um, of the Monster Builders. Yeah, I mean, that one stays at a pretty not, consistent level of quality. I've not been watching Sabakui Bisco. Me neither. I've not been watching um, My Dress Up Darling. And the reason for all of those is because uh, I think my wife would like them. And so we watched a couple episodes of the Miss Kuroitsu, and we watched a couple episodes of Sabakui Bisco, but my site is not working well with being shared to the other room where we actually have a TV. So I bit the bullet. I did it. Oh no, what did you do? I have a Crunchyroll account now. <laughs> so yeah, um, gonna gonna have to blaze through all of those now. Now you're funding all of their bad, bad anime. Fuck. <laughs> you're giving money to them for High Guardian Spice. I don't know what that is. Oh, it's. You don't need to care. Don't, don't ever yeah. <laughs> don't ever watch a single YouTube video about it because every single anime YouTuber seems to think they need to do a video on High Guardian Spice and it's like it's just kind of a middling bad show. You don't need to have so many takes on it. Is it this season? No, it's it's completely okay. out. Haha. I Skipped through that because Gigak didn't release a video on that. Ha-ha! No, it's it's he's actually a good YouTuber. It's just like the mid tier anime ones, you know, not Gigak oh, or, gotcha. or Super Eye Patch Wolf or Mother's Basement. Those three won't wouldn't yeah. do a High Guardian Spice video. 
No. <laughs> None of the, the good ones yeah. would do that. Hey, I'm really looking forward to what we're talking about next week. Oh, what's that? This will be the last thing we say, because we really need to wrap this up, because we're just kind of waff, you know, going through. Sure. Next week, next week we're going to talk about the history of the glaive in video games. What? By glaive, I mean chakrams. What? Yeah. A glaive is not a chakra. I agree. However, in video games, most often, chakrams are called glaives. It's bullshit. See, they, uh, I'm thinking of, like, Dynasty Warriors, because there's a character in Dynasty Warriors who uses a glaive, and there's a character in Dynasty Warriors yeah. who uses chakrams, and they are very, very, very different weapons. Correct. <laughs> However, in a lot of video games... Chakrams are called glaives. That's, but we'll get we'll get to that next that's week. That's what? That can't be a thing. Yep. It is. Bye. Oh, share this with someone who hates Paris. The Pokemon. Hates Paris. Oh. Bye. Fucking French hater.